Want to make your own podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. Here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like I have an outlet for the creativity and ideas I want to share with the world. I recommend you give it a try. We all have a voice, so share it with the world. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. able to discern a false messiah. Many, even believers, even people who may be faithful church attenders, feel like they understand the Bible, would be deceived by. It's very important to point out right from the Bible the warning. If you see someone that says the messiah is here in the desert, here, come over here and see me, don't do it. And it says, as the lightning, you know, you can see it from the east, from the west, that's going to be my comfort. If it's a limited location, oh, hey, I heard the Messiah came back and he's over in Israel or he's over in wherever, New York. Don't believe it. And I, I think that's a that's a really important uh, warning that it's going to be no mistaking the actual Messiah. Because there's going to be false messiahs. And they're going to have signs and wonders. That's part of what's going on with this whole program of breeding and blending in and tying into occult powers is there's going to be things that are going to be incredible, especially if you, you have some sort of disclosure event of, of an alien tech source and they're saying, you know, we are your creators and, and we're here to help and we've got amazing technology and they show things that look like magic to us I mean a lot of people people are going to be leaving the church in droves and Revelation talks about that great falling away and a deception Welcome to the Days of Noah podcast where we talk all things biblical supernatural and strange this week we're going to review an old episode from The Bite Show. This was a roundtable discussion that the late Doug Riggs had with L.A. Marzulli and Stan Dale and a few others. And do they ever cover the gamut of end times situations regarding the Antichrist, uh, alien deception, breeding programs and what's really interesting is Doug Riggs coming from the position of working with SRA survivors and Nephilim mothers and that whole counseling that he had been working with many many women to help set them free uh, through Christ's help and L.A. Marzulli and Stan Deo coming from the alien abduction side and how both of those breeding programs are working together by the enemy in order to bring about the final conflict uh, of the book of Revelation and how we need to be aware of these events so as not to be deceived because there is going to be a great falling away and the church needs to wake up. Welcome back to the Days of No Podcast, everybody. So we're going to talk, um, this was a, a roundtable, end times roundtable, from Doug Riggs' website, right, Luke? DougRiggs.org? Correct, yeah. And it's L.A. Marzuli, which I guess his real name is Lynn, because they call him Lynn in the, in the recording, but he goes by L.A., and Stan Deo which I think I'd heard that name before, but 
um, I was reintroduced to it. And, of course, Doug, who um, unfortunately passed away, what, the same year that Rob Skiba did? Was it 2021, Luke, during COVID? I don't know if it was COVID-related to you. Yeah, I don't know the cause. um, But, yeah, the timing was similar uh, along with Russ Dizdar. So some, some big big shoes to be filled there for sure a lot of experience was uh moved on to glory so right so as best we can we want to um pass along their work and continue it and spread the word about it you know doug was a uh sra survivor counselor for a few decades right and did russ do the same thing yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So they were in the same vein. So this um, was a So yeah, dougriggs.org uh, is the website. Uh, it's still maintained um by one of his church members. Um you know, even after, even with him being gone. And uh so there's an email list and he'll send different things out to people and then all the links and stuff are pretty much still available. Okay. Um I think the host of this interview, Leanne Hughes, maybe. Yeah. Um, if I'm going based on memory, uh, she's passed on as well. Really? So these are, uh, I think this interview was maybe 10 years ago, um, but it's timely. Um, and as you guys heard, you know, it was a round table that Doug Riggs tried to put together or did put together. And he wanted to look at the common threads between what he was hearing from survivors of SRA, um, satanic ritual abuse, and them describing hybrids and almost like a breeding program uh, to what L.A. Mazzulli was experiencing with his research, talking at UFO abductees and the same type of accounts of, you know, pregnancies, pregnancies, um, becoming taken out or you know in the first trimester or something disappearing and then maybe even re- reintroduced um so where was the common thread between the two things and then uh the other gentleman was uh i think his expertise was in technology um okay so yeah it was a pretty interesting interview yeah. You said you listened to it a couple times. Yeah, I did, and I took a bunch of notes on it. Man, and and there's so many of these topics that we could spend a, a whole show on. And they said there was going to be a part two to it as well, Luke. Do you know if they did a part two? Uh, I've got to research that. I There's a fourth name that was in the conversation. I think his, the gentleman's name was dan webb yeah um he was listening in uh i did listen to him and doug talk and it was almost like he just listened in on the conversation and he's one of uh one of people that have gone to doug's church for ever they've known each other for a long time and so he's helped counsel them and he's came out of this mess and has ties to the royal family and stuff okay so he kind of he kind of gave his own two cents on things. Um, I've got to find the, a part two if there was a part two. Yeah, I'd be very interested to hear it. Yeah, so they hit on a lot of things. So I'm going to rattle off a few of them. So they talked about uh, the Solomon Island Giants, and there's a book on that that uh, Dr. Laura Sanger has mentioned, I believe. Solomon Islands Mysteries, Accounts of Giants and UFOs in the Solomon Islands by Marius Boreon. Um, Excellent book. It's just just anecdote after anecdote of the indigenous people of the Solomon Islands um, experiencing UFO phenomenons, giant encounters, you know, 15-footers, uh, women getting abducted by giants and like living with them for years and years and years, just incredible stories. And they're, they're even recent. This isn't like, you know, hundreds of years ago, this is still going on. And so LA mentions that he would love to get a team down there and, uh, and really extensively research it. 
Um, yeah, and he said a big team. He didn't want yeah. a little team. He didn't yeah. want anything happening to him. <laughs> right. Get two or three people and they um, go missing, right? Um, and let's see. So he talks about Hitler's 3,000 uh, Tibetan monks because they were trying to open, like, portals to... Dimensional portals is my understanding, right? They were trying to get in contact with evil powers, other entities. And so he had these 3,000 monks, like, chanting, doing their meditation or whatever, 24-7. I think I missed that part. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember that. I've, I've heard this. Well, they didn't go into a lot of detail about it. They just briefly mentioned the 3,000 monks. But I've I've heard this before about Hitler, um, so I, I kind of added a little bit to a little bit of more of a, a background to that. But and then there was um, I don't know if Luke was. Do you remember if this was an abductee or a SRA person? I think it was SRA. They said there was a there's like an underground base below Caesar's Palace, and yeah. Then they were talking Pastor about dog head. yeah. Talked and, about that. And, and then it was the SRA. It was a survivor. Okay. And then and then they mentioned Yeah, you know about Area fifty one, but do you know about Area fifty two? And she's like, Oh, I'm not right. supposed to talk about that. That's the Nephilim project. Which Pastor Doug, if you remember, when he was interviewed by Nate and Luke, um, about six months before his passing on um, Blurry Creatures, he brings up that that story. Oh yeah, that's right. So he did. it was, uh, um, so this individual had multiple personalities and, um, uh, tied to the Royal families and stuff. And he was working with her. And, um, one of the things that was really interesting is she had a husband. So this individual had a husband that was in the military. And cause she said to, to Doug that I, I got clearance. He's like, you got clearance? How, what do you mean you got clearance? And he rattled off some numbers. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, that's my access to get down there. So apparently at some point, Doug talked to the husband. It's like your wife claims that she's got, got like above top secret clearance or something. And he's like, well, I know how to access the database. And it basically, when he typed in the number, it's like he could t- he could see that it that number existed in, in in the sense that it would actually work, but it, it didn't give any details for him to see. It's like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> oh, that's crazy. But yeah, she got into a, a childlike state, um, a part of her, and even though she was a grown woman and was testifying to, you know, uh, a replica of Satan's throne in, like, the basement area. And then there was an access way to almost kind of like what you hear with the the Hyperloops stuff that Elon has put out there. Basically a tunnel system that's almost like a subway, but um, almost levitates or... It's done in a vacuum where it's high speed. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you could zip from from Vegas to, you know, other parts in Nevada and stuff, you know. Yeah, you know, seconds. Super fast. Yeah, I've heard of those yeah. too. Um, yeah, I, um, at one point I think talking about that same lady that uh, because of her programming that she could manifest like through her. Lucifer would would appear in these deep underground bases. Um, yeah, I don't know how how that all works. Right, but, um, <clears throat> Pastor Doug did say that 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 was an that was something that the enemy was doing with the SRA survivors and the trauma and the programming was to basically create a portal through these individuals. So it was almost like almost like a, a legal right that the enemy had that occupied the occupied space was in the individual, hmm. but because of that, because we know Satan is a created being, 
not like God. He can't be everywhere at once. So he's got to be able to move. Yeah. Which the other gentleman in the conversation was talking about physical pieces of equipment, you know, not just spiritual things, but literal nuts and bolts type technology um, that he knows of or encountered. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting in how the enemy would use an, an individual like that as a portal. Right. And then could manifest himself in a given situation, a given room with that individual present. I, wa- I wonder if he's even able to... I don't know to, how that works. Right. I wonder if he's even able to um, travel almost instantaneously across the earth through different individuals that have... I mean, he yeah. is a spirit, so we do know that. Yeah. Um, but as the Bible describes, like, the chariots that and the angels that picked up Elijah mm-hmm. and stuff. So there was, like, technology, and they're, I mean, why do they need, like, some type of vehicle to move? But unless, unless I don't know. Yeah, you just want to have it, right? I know I Tim. Know, maybe it's not a need, but I know Tim Alberino's but, talked about. But that. when you but, but you think about hybrids, if they're hybrids and they're a mixture between angelic and human, they got limitations. Sure. So if you're looking at the UFO phenomenon, you know they're not they're not in the spirit realm; they're in the natural realm. So they might need a nuts and bolts type craft or something to move around right yeah anyways hmm don anything that's uh stood out to you that um you thought was interesting the uh the thing that really stood out to me uh during this and it sparked my interest uh, more so than than most of it was um the uh the observation that the end times are starting to unfold and starting to happen like uh i think the quote was a runaway train Mm-hmm. And um, I I know that the um, I I believe it was Mr. Riggs who was talking about the uh, earthquake situation, um, and this was again this was a long time ago for this interview, but there's a there is a website uh, that uh, tracks earthquakes and it gives you live updates. And if you take a look at that, it's literally all over the world, and it's 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 every minute. Oh, and it, wow. it's really it's really cool to take a look at. But I think that the uh, the the talk of end times and the talk of um, of, uh, you know, Christ's return, I think, is probably the, the coolest part about the round table that I was. Yeah. Interested in. And one of the things that um, they talked about is being able to discern a false messiah and how many even believers, even people who, you know, maybe faithful church attenders feel like they understand the Bible, um, would be deceived by. And it was, I thought it was very important to point out right from the Bible, the warning. If you see someone that says the Messiah is here in the desert, here, come over here and see me, you know, don't do it. And it says as the lightning, you know, you can see it from the east, from the west, that's going to be my, my coming. So if it's a limited location, oh, hey, I heard the Messiah came back and he's over in Israel or he's over in wherever, New York, you know, right. don't believe it. And I, I think that's a that's a really important uh, warning that it's going to be no mistaking uh, the, the actual Messiah because there's going to be false messiahs and they're going to have signs yeah. and wonders. There's, you know, that's... That's part of what's going on with this whole program of breeding and blending in and tying into occult powers is there's going to be things that are going to be incredible, especially if you you have some sort of um, disclosure event of, of an alien tech source and they're saying, you know, we are your creators and and we're here to help and we've got amazing technology and they show things that look like magic to us. I mean, a lot of people, that's what I think L.A. was talking about. People are going to be leaving the church in droves. And Revelation talks about that great falling away um, and a deception. 
Yeah, there was something he, uh, that in the opening question, he asked uh, the panel and LA started off, like, what is your concern? What's pressing on your mind? And both the individuals answered Doug and said, the church is asleep. They're not aware. Uh, LA was talking about a prophecy conference that him and Russ Dizdar and others were at. Is a church of 2,500 people. They had 45 people in attendance, you know. And then he said it uh, other times, uh, that interview that I've mentioned to you guys um, where him and uh, Tim Amberino were talking about the Pentagon release. And when that took place, he said he talked to his wife beforehand. He's like, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for my phone to go off the hook and, you know, to go here and there and to fill up my schedule and all this type of stuff. Remember that he's been researching this on the fringe for, for everyone, you know, for decades, but here it is on Fox news, a Pentagon's release and something he's expecting pastors are going to call him and want his expertise. He said crickets. They don't even care. Pastors don't even care. And I, I don't know if it's like, we're, we're so trained to be about the individual, in the West and everything's about the individual and how do I make my life better and how do I deal with my own sin issues and you know and those are important things but or like self-improvement type self-improvement yeah keys to a better life I almost wonder if if it's in part it's the subject matter because for the last few episodes I've been bringing up sound of freedoms coming July 4th right Right. So, I mean, I'm hoping for a big turnout, but I really feel like it's going to pale in comparison to Chosen, which is the traditional gospel story of the life of Jesus, seeing him do the miracles. It's all the wonderful things that he did. But when you're talking about exposing the darkness, as it says in Ephesians, um, or even the end time prophecy type stuff, which can go down some dark paths. It, it's, it, it's almost like the church doesn't want to touch it. I don't know if they're afraid. Are they afraid to offend people or they're just want to keep it very cookie cutter, very easy, easy to swallow. I, I wonder, yeah. wouldn't it be interesting if they made a, a film or a show like, the chosen that was Jesus spiritual warfare, you know, <laughs> I mean, part of his ministry was casting out demons. Yeah. So what I would if like there was a, a version of the chosen with his life and ministry of three and a half years, you're right. Three years, whatever it was where you're seeing the, you know, you're seeing the demons coming out like an exorcist. Type right. of thing. And you know what they might've, I know Hollywood glamorized that, it probably it probably was very simple. They just simply came out, and it wasn't like a big ordeal. But I'm thankful that when Mel Gibson and 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 Jim, um, I always mess up his name, so I'm not going to because evil with because evil the Passion of the Christ. I'm thankful that the church showed up for that, right? Because it broke box rec- records for rated R film. Yeah. And it showed the blood. It showed how it really was. Yep. And all those Hollywood so, studios that didn't want anything to do with it because it was Christian, it was religious, they could have made a killing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They would they have, they would have profited off so, of it. Yeah. So that definitely was a common thread in the beginning was the church is asleep and... How, I'm, <laughs> That's all right. Uh, air med. You know what? That air med is because uh, I know you guys are in Wisconsin. It's red and white. It's actually from Madison. Oh, neat. By the way, wow. Yeah. Why they? It's on loan down here. I don't know. Okay. But um. Yeah. What? Lost my train of thought. That's all right. But uh, yeah, the church being <laughs> asleep. I think that's what you were talking about. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to take for us to wake up. I mean. I know they are going to keep banging the drum, um, but uh, you had some PowerPoints that you might want to go through in particular. But sure, 
Yeah, um, yeah, in no particular order. Um, I think the technology, the implants, those those are really fascinating. And I know LA's got some documentaries on that stuff. I remember watching one of them a few years ago where a person had a little grain of rice thing implant. He was an abductee, and he had this little implant in his leg or something and got it checked out at the doctor, you know, Yep, I, we see this thing, <laughs> and we scanned it. Okay, all right, we're scheduling your surgery, and then they show up to the surgery a few weeks later or whatever, and it's nowhere to be found. Like, none of the instruments are picking it up, and L.A. prays, and and if a few minutes after he finished praying, it it pops up. And, and, and that story isn't in this particular roundtable discussion, but there was another one that they said that... Uh, they actually saw it move underneath the skin away from the person trying to deal with it. And so um, the uh, the person that L.A. referenced was uh, Dr. Roger Lear. It's L-E-I-R. And he has some documentaries on that. Um, I think it was like interview with, an, with alien interviews or something like that. Uh, but he has... Yeah. Uh, 17 surgeries that he's done taking these implants out wow. and uh, I, I makes rem- you wonder yeah. like what is the enemies we were talking about how the they might create legal right with these programming split personality what what would the technology be used for like the physical like grain of rice almost like an RFID chip like thing. Well, I don't I th- know what it'd be used for. I think it was again referencing a, a, a different documentary from LA that I saw a while back that you probably got me into, Luke, a few years ago. Um, you know, they they checked it like I don't know how you would check this, but it it had a microprocessor clock speed like of like a supercomputer, like it was super fast. And but in this roundtable discussion, they did mention one of the uses, and that they said that um, if so, say you were you know someone like Doug, and you're trying to counsel and and heal a person who has gone through this dissociation uh, from all of the trauma they've been through, that as as you're peeling back the layers and trying to get them set free layer by layer the implant can actually stop the survivor from being able to function it'll shut them down so to speak if they're about to tell it's like a trigger that would yes. ca- yeah it would trigger them to cause them to hinder the the healing process yep yep so i wonder i don't know if that has anything to do with maybe creating amnesia as well like in the abductees because they they don't remember things maybe the implant has something to do with that and i also wonder because a a lot of the occult will will take different artifacts and pray over them and curse them and maybe leave them on people's property or um in my neck of the woods you know someone might take a cut uh, clip of hair and, you know, you might tie it to a voodoo doll or something like that. So it's an article that's associated. And, you know. Dr. Laura calls that fetishes that um, they were they were finding these things left. Right. On properties. Right. Mm-hmm. Which which are, are biblical. The, the, the children of Israel were encountering that in Jericho and a lot of different um, nations that they were defeating that the lord was telling them you know to wipe out but the spoils of those nations had demon gods on them so the way i always understood it if it actually had an image of a demon god there's a legal right and even though you might pray or whatever you're not going to remove that legal right because the the demon's image is still there you have to physically destroy that thing you know melt it you know destroy it but if it's something that doesn't have an image i think it can be cleansed but it it might it might be used as a point of contact or Mm -hmm. a legal right where it has access that thing's in me so i can 
I can go attack this person. Yeah, and God was very specific when he allowed Israel to be able to take the spoils of war. And other times where it was, nope, you're, you're not taking anything, destroy everything. And, of course, there are times right. where they disobeyed, you know, where um, I think even Saul, right, he took back some stuff and 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 others, um, <clears throat> yeah, in the Old Testament. So God's very, <laughs> he, he's very clear on, on when he uh, says it's okay because he knows what's going on there. Um, so yeah, so I'd love to, to dig into some of those uh, alien interview um, documentaries with Dr. Roger Lear. Um, all right. Another point. Uh, Doug said, I think this was Doug, since 2002, so prior to 2002, he said the women that were like uh, Nephilim mothers, I believe, um, had to be part of the royal bloodline. And he said after 2002, I don't know what changed, but it said that they could, just like Genesis 6, they could choose whoever they wanted to mate with. Uh, it didn't have to be royal bloodline. And then, and I know, Luke, you've talked about this too, and they mentioned it in this interview, um, that Satan kind of sensing the time growing short, he's getting directly involved. It's not just, right. you know, other fallen angels that are, are mating with women. It's it's him directly. That's, that, that is what has been reported. Yeah, which we were we were speculating from the book of Revelation, where it talks about Satan himself being tossed or bound in the pit for a thousand years, just like the other ones. If that, just like the original two hundred watchers that Enoch talks about, mm -hmm. uh, and also the Bible, we wonder if that is his future uh, punishment for these current acts, right? Because then it would all it would all line yeah. up because he would get the same punishment that they had in in the abyss. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, there were, there was a story of uh, a golden skin black eyed man that showed up in like what was it like a shopping mall or something in some cold part of the, you remember that Don. It was like a cold yeah, part of the country, like like twenty degrees outside. And this guy shows up in like a t-shirt and shorts and he's got like golden spray on tan looking skin and black eyes. And like the first thing he says is, due to recent events, I've decided to become mortal. <laughs> and they like turn their head for a split second and he's gone. Crazy. And um, the woman that was a Christian uh, sharing that testimony was said it was almost like the the air got sucked out of the room. It was just this this coldness, this, you know, oh, right. evil she could sense in that room. And she felt the prompting of the Lord. It's like, don't talk to him. Wow. Just leave, leave him alone. She, she kind of acknowledged him with a grin or a nod or something. And, but yeah, she, when she turned to a colleague and it was like split second, turned to him and turned back, he was gone. And there was nowhere he could have gone. Right. Um, she would have seen him. Where she ran, she yeah, she should have been able to see him. That coldness that you mentioned, um, that's been talked of too. Like I think it was um, Fritz, was it Zimmerman that that did the book on the burial mounds? He spent like ten plus years researching all these burial mounds. You can't just go Google most of these around the country, and he found these areas. But they've done with testing equipment. You know, like uh, ghost hunter people have come there to some of these places, but they've, you know, had uh, uh, gauges and, and and temp probes and things like that. They've seen the temperature drop. You know, I'm I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly. Say, you know, seventy five degrees to you know ten degrees in like the space of a minute. So they've they've seen these things happen, and they've caught it. You know, with their uh, uh, with their instruments as well. Uh, another interesting thing was they're talking about the Nephilim mothers being taken to the peak of Mount Hermon for a conception ritual. And if you recall, um, it was a Blurry Creature episode. Maybe you know this already, Luke or Don, but the UN has a base, right? Apparently on Mount Hermon. Right. 
That's so that's do. that's uh, some connection right there. So obviously, so a little more backstory on Pastor Doug Riggs, I think is worth uh, talking about because he brought it up to Nate and Luke on Blurry Creatures. He's like, I know these stories and stuff as fantastic as they are. Um, I don't, that's not my purpose. My purpose isn't to seek out and get the greatest story just to, you know, make a name for myself or something. You know, he didn't ask for this assignment. The Lord directed him to that part of the country to be a pastor in that area. And in the process of, of counseling and discipleship and, you know, just going through the scriptures, he realized he had quite a few members of his congregation that was not getting free. Oh. That was really struggling with the scriptures and absorbing it. It was like mental blocks and stuff like that. So that's when there was more one-on-one counseling to see what's going on. And you'd start digging into the generational uh, side of things so that, you know, they, a person could be tro- totally clean, you know, because we got all this baggage. Some of the baggage that we carry is generational that mm-hmm. we didn't choose. It's what the Bible describes as the sins of the forefathers being passed on. Right. Which the enemy and the, the elites use that to their advantage, right? Yep. We've discussed that before, where there won't be, you take a particular bloodline, maybe even going back to Nimrod, and if there's not one Christian, and there's not there's not an uh, a individual, imagine a generational family tree mm-hmm. where nobody is, came to Christ. So the blood of Jesus has not been applied. It's just the sin force has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger, So now, you know, just like blessings can be passed on, curses are being passed on. Right. And it's almost like a demonic energy or power that's being passed on through this family tree. So, yeah. So Pastor Doug was just trying to help these individuals. And then then he's experiencing, he's like, he actually talked about reading a book on split personalities didn't know if it was revelant or not to what he was dealing with his partitioners, but he happened to read a little insert from this particular book and the individual in front of him, she, she split a part came out and identified herself as a different name. I actually have in the, the fire station here. I got it from the library. Sybil. Remember that? They even made a movie of it. Yeah. I remember that. I watched that in school. Um, and in that case, they were reported like 17. So, so this individual comes out, I'll just call her Mary, starts talking to Doug and Doug's like, I haven't met you yet. Why haven't you been present? Well, I've been listening in the background, but (laughs) why haven't you came forth? Oh, because we didn't think you would believe, believe us, but because you read this part in this passage of that book dealing with the psychology of individuals that are split. It's like, okay, we can trust you. Huh. That's kind of wild. That is wild. So, so yeah, he, he, he's came across these stories, but, and as amazing as it is, he's just trying to get people free, which right. he's done a marvelous job doing along with Russ Dizdar. Um, is just, it's about getting, it's taking what the enemy meant for evil and ripping it out of his hands and through the power of God's blood and his grace and his wisdom, these individuals are being healed. And um, in the process, it's kind of like a special forces individual turning a terrorist, and now they're an ally. Now we get some inside information on what, what the enemy is covertly trying to do. Right. And, right? Um, yeah, and, and that's valuable intel. And I think what's what's great to me is as we talk about some of these topics you know they're fascinating they're interesting they stretch our paradigm to me at least that's like a gateway to get us thinking and talking about this stuff because you know our our flesh is our you know is peaked uh, at at some of these things we go oh really you know and 
But but like you said, Luke, there's much more important spiritual truths and getting people set free and making sure the church is not asleep and things like that. But it's great, you know, to be able to say, hey, you know, check out this show, check out this podcast. They talk about giants. They talk about, you know, aliens. It's really interesting. And someone who maybe has just no interest in anything Christian or church related might go, oh, that sounds interesting. So I think it's it's just a great right. way to bridge the gap that way. Um, yeah, another thing they mentioned was um, possibly oh, because they talked about um, not just human angel hybrids, but also insects and animals. And so there was speculation maybe this is some of the plagues of Revelation, right? Some of these creatures that are are being bred, and so there was a you know, a comparison to, like, Sauron in Lord of the Rings building his army of orcs, and then and then he had the hybrid um, Ur- Urukai, right? Uh, that, right. That were bred with uh, elves or something. So... Yeah, I think, I think they named, that was the reason. Like, I think someone asked the question, why is the enemy... If we're hearing this from the UFO side of things, we're hearing this from the the ritually abused side of things. What is the enemy's purpose? What is he trying to do? What is his goal? And I think you hit it on the head. I think it was L.A. that gave the analogy of Lord of the Rings. He's building an army, mm-hmm. which Russ Dizdar talks about, you know, looking at maybe fifth generation. I think we might be at potentially 150 million individuals worldwide that have been programmed so and the black awakening his book that he wrote where he encountered um somebody that was a split and they're like yeah you have an army but we're building an army and we're gonna take over type of thing so the enemy the enemy is definitely building an army to cause chaos to fight the lord's return but it's also even more sinister with the, I think, the family trees of the royals with that type of breeding because it's literally birthing the Antichrist. Right. Which, from what the reports are, from what Pastor Doug has experienced and learned, he feels like they're, they're living among us, as Dr. Jacobs has researched, dealing with mm-hmm. the UFO phenomena. But they're even can pass as humans now they're in a position of authorities now where the elites are taking orders from them and the coming dictator the antichrist will be a hybrid that is going to probably look extremely handsome be very charismatic and and it's probably um, going to have some tie-in because revelation tells us that comes from the abyss and then um, it gives us the name Apollyon, which is also Nimrod. So it seems like, and even if um, you look into like the Iraq War and and some of the the artifacts that we took back, you know, that were like high priority. As soon as we got to that uh, palace, we got all these these artifacts. We were, we knew what we were looking for. You know, I think they even had like a deck of cards given to the soldiers. You see these, I you know, fifty-two I think that kind of, I, I think that kind of ties into the fictional um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. which is based on the Nazis' desire to find occultic power. Which it wasn't occultic; it was the biblical Ark. But in their mind, they remembered, oh, that wherever that thing went. They defeated armies. Yes, you know. Yes, exactly. That type of thing. So I think things the kings of the earth are looking for ancient technology, ancient um, Genesis six, Nimrod age, that type of any artifacts they can find from that period. And yep, and makes you wonder too about like makes you wonder about the like the preservation of bodies too, like the you know the mummies that they weren't just like having some fantasy of being in the afterlife, but they actually believed that there was a way they could come back or something. So, 
I don't know. It's it gets a little crazy when you think about like if they've actually found Nimrod's body or or some sort of sarcophagus or something like that. I don't know. But you mentioned well, the, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, you you brought up Apollyon. Um, um, what was the other name you said from Revelation? Apollyon or or yeah, Nimrod. It's it's all the same name Nimrod. or Orion. Yeah, it's all the same. But uh, I remember Pastor Doug talk about an individual. They actually had a name for one of the hybrids, and it was like Apollyon Alexander. I forget. There was another one, but okay. it, it it was kind of kind of along what what's in the scripture, but also tied to these dictators of old. Yeah. So I don't know. So I know um, one thing I watched from. Uh, Rob Skiba years ago was he's like look if you look at the the way it's said in Revelation it's telling you who the Antichrist is and it says there you know there was one that that was uh, or was not but will be and it was basically saying look this this guy Apollyon which is Nimrod died but he's going to come back so his contention that it was literally Nimrod but I also think it's possible that it could be some sort of connection to Nimrod being revived in maybe the Antichrist being bred. I don't know. So it's like maybe a combination well, he, of the two. You know the story uh, or the thought behind the origin of demons, right? Yeah. So the demons are the disembodied spirit of the Nephilim. Right. So the original uh, half-human, half-angelic, they're wiped out during the flood and at different times after the flood. So their flesh have died, but their spirit is still alive. And it is understood that Nimrod began to be something different. Like he, he, he did something to change himself into almost like a hybrid. So if with him being killed or dying, his spirit is still somewhere, right? So could that spirit maybe go into a, a future hybrid and that's a, interesting yeah i don't know or or maybe so it's, it's almost like from the it's abyss almost like and... nimrod's it's almost like nimrod just came back because the spirit of him has came back in this this new form yeah I yeah i don't know i don't know how that works but it, and the revelation says it comes from the abyss so maybe there's there's something that's released maybe his his spirit or his hybrid spirit is there I know we're just kind of spitballing here, or speculating, but it's it's we interesting, are. interesting to think about. But just going back real quick, you're talking about some of the hybrids and things like that, and the, um, being fifth generation in. I think it was L.A. talking about the early ones uh, were had black eyes; they were very sickly looking, stringy hair. But as we've talked about the last few shows, you know, they're they've basically perfected it, and they can blend in, um, look like us, right? and uh are are in seats of power um right what do you think so John? Is this again, a... <laughs> yeah go no, ahead luke no i was just gonna uh plug dr jacobs so he had the book they walk among us okay and then he's got a more recent book called the threat and uh but he's a secular non-christian individual that has researched the UFO phenomenon. Oh, that was and, the Jacobs they were talking about on this show. I believe, uh, I believe so. Yes. Okay. And um, so it's his research and reporting. Plus, LA's encountered testimony that it paralleled that. You know that these individuals are are passing for for human. You know, Don. I wanted to get kind of your thoughts as as someone that maybe has. Because you've been with us, you know, uh, co-hosting with us for a while now, and and you're hearing about these things more in the, in this last year. But as someone that maybe this is more newer to you than, say, Luke and I from a few years ago, we got into some of more of these fringe topics. Um, what is your perspective? Is it just off the rails? And then another way to ask it is, okay, you're you've kind of been. In, introduced to these some of these strange ideas supernatural ideas 
if you were to describe what we just talked about in the last 45 minutes to, you know, your, your buddy that goes to church with you or whatever, what would he say? So kind of like, where are you at with it? How does it fit? And then what would the average Christian think? Um, I think the average Christian would um, probably think a bit off the rails. Um, my personal viewpoint is when we talk about these subjects, uh, I uh, I end up being refocused on uh, what Christ told us to do specifically. And um, I think that uh, it's the topics are very interesting, and they just happen to be very interesting to me. And... Um, in fact, I do a lot of listening while I'm, you know, quote unquote, co-hosting. Yep. <laughs> um, I do a lot of learning during during the show itself, and so um, so I, I find uh, I find it all fascinating. However, at the same time, it brings me back to uh, you know Matthew 28, where where Christ tells us to go, you know, into the world and make disciples. And there's there's obviously, um, you know, God can use anything. He can use a, a show. He can use a uh, you know, a, a simple discussion about something. Yeah. And I think that, I think that the discussion, um, as long as it goes back to, to Christ and, and salvation, I think that, uh, I mean, it's in the Bible. So I think that, uh, God wants us to look at things and think about things. Yeah. I think, yeah, you and I talked, um, uh, last week when you came over, uh, about that too. It, it, it is helpful to remind ourselves to stay grounded in that because, we can we can let this train uh go off the rails and kind of kind of run its own course um but like luke said you know pastor doug was trying to set people free and so hopefully these topics as people listen to them wherever their you know religious paradigm biblical paradigm secular uh atheist whatever they understand that what we're just trying to do is piece together, you know, sometimes anecdotally, little stories here and there, um, a worldview that says, look, history is wild. History is supernatural. And the future is going to get even wilder. And um, you got to be on the right side of things. Like, you're going to have to pick a team. There's going to be a dividing line. And, um, you don't want to, you, there is no being on the fence, just like the old saying, there's no atheists in foxholes, right? When, when things hit the fan, um, we have to know which team we're playing for because God is sovereign over it all. And he's not going to be mocked. These, these things are only going to go on for so long before he writes every wrong. And, and so, yeah, hopefully people understand that in the midst of all this kind of fantastical stuff, while we believe it's true, the most important thing is, like you said, Don, that if we're right with our Creator, if we're forgiven by our Creator, then no matter what happens in this life, the next life is set. We are with, with God forever uh, to live. But, yeah, hopefully we're just generating interest and awareness in some of these things to get people thinking about the Bible and supernatural topics to explore it. Because, you know, most people have no interest in setting foot in a church, but maybe they'll listen to a podcast like this and go, that's really fascinating. I heard a story about that, or, or my friend was telling me about a book. And if we can plant those seeds to get people to understand that, yeah, it's not just some dry, dusty old book, you know, um, as like the Simpsons would mock it. You know, I remember an episode of the Simpsons where, where, um, you guys remember they had a few episodes where, where they had like a pastor at a, at a church, right? And, and the pastor was like, I forget what he was talking about, but he goes, well, it's such, um, it's better than trying to get people to pay attention to this 2,000-year-old sleeping pill. And he's referring, he's mocking the Bible. But man, these these crazy stories are in the Bible. The, you know, the things that we're talking about, these supernatural things are there. And hopefully it just gives 
more credence to the reality that's all around us. And we need to be on God's side because <laughs> an annihilation is coming to, to those who are not. Real quick, just to add in there is that the uh, the book of Revelation is what I would say what brought me to Christ. And um, that book is just full of things that you can talk about inside and out for the rest of your life. And um, I have run into Christians that don't really um, talk about that book because they'll say, well, we can't understand it or we, you know, we won't, you know, we just don't know. And part of that's true. But I think that, uh, I think that unless we explore those things, um, nothing is going to get, you know, opened up for, opened up to us. Right. Yeah, it's better better to do that and maybe make a few mistakes along the way than to just dismiss it out of hand, right? Makes me think of the scripture. I don't remember where it is in the New Testament where it talks about you need not any man teach you, but the Spirit will lead you in all truth. Hmm. And in the beginning of the book of Revelation, it says to all those who read this, there's a blessing. So you let the Spirit of God lead you in reading the books of the prophecy that came to John and it ties to it's the other side of the revelation or the testimony, the Testament to new covenant. Whereas Daniel had the old was in the old covenant, but there's parallel between what he experienced in the book of revelation and the spirit of the Lord can, can open your eyes to things. And as pastor Doug has said, when he was going through all these counseling and experiencing all this darkness, it caused him to get on his knees and to humbly ask for help. And his paradigm and his God box had to get bigger. And he had to realize that even all this stuff that is being allowed, part of it is because man is just evil and he's allowing it um, through their willful disobedience. And part of it, it makes me think, is just God's lifting his hand of covering off and be like the fullness of, of sin. He's allowing it to just run its course before the judgment comes. But we need to remember that he's bigger than all of this stuff. Um, he's merciful. He's gracious. He's forgiving. Um, and it doesn't matter how. And there's a lot of hope when you look at somebody that Pastor Doug has counseled and they've got a thousand split personalities that have been programmed by a hybrid. It just like, what? That just, I, I don't even know how to wrap my head around that. But then he said through God's wisdom, his experience at counseling for decades, this person is getting free in, in under a year and becoming whole is just a testimony to God and how he can just right the ship. No, no matter how the enemy tries to destroy things, God can turn things around for good. Yep, and, se and set oh. people free. And so, yeah, exactly. ho hopefully we we insert that that hope um, as we talk about some of these dark things, you know, that that there is always, always hope. And, and sometimes it's a long road because, like, like Doug had to learn... You know, he didn't know how to counsel these people at first. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, guys. This was great. We'll uh, we'll wrap up there for now and um, talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Talk to you later. All right. Bye bye. been listening to the days of noah podcast thanks again for tuning in if we can ask for your help to help spread the show to more and more people go and leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and tell your family and friends about it that really does a lot to get the word out about our show and bring more people into an awareness of these important topics if you want to reach out to us with any questions or comments for the show, feel free to do so. Give us an email at thedaysofnoahpodcast at gmail.com. Take care. See you next week, and God bless.